The last Metroid is in captivity. The galaxy is at peace. And welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast from OmegaMetroid.com. My name is Andy Spateri. Reunited for the first time in like a month with Doomital Crossing. How are you, bud? Fantastic. Uh, what a wild roller coaster of emotions of a week this has been. But uh, we recently finished this wonderful week off with the one year anniversary of yes. Metroid Dread, which still almost feels like a phrase that I shouldn't be saying out loud in real life. Yeah, I, and I, I don't even Metroid want to talk Dread. about that too much, because we are <laughs> going to dedicate next week to Metroid Dread and just kind of talk about Metroid Dread and like how it's unbelievable that it's real and you know how it changes series and everything like that. That's going to be coming at you next week. I'm, I'm excited for that. It's, uh, you know, I, people say it all the time, but it's like, wow, this game is real. You know, it's, it's just a, it's a crazy thing, so... Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's gonna be going down next week, but, man, this week we have a, uh, a special treat for you, because the thing that this broken, lonely, desperate world was waiting for was to hear Chris Pratt's Mario voice, and we finally got it, uh, with the Super Mario Bros. trailer, so we're gonna talk about the Super Mario Bros. movie trailer, and then we're gonna kinda pitch our own ideas for a metroid movie and i have some very specific criteria that like i self-imposed on myself um i did doom doom has his own criteria i this is just my rules for myself so we'll get into that you know actually before um before we even do any of that i wanted to to talk because like you and i have really like i have i didn't really get a chance to talk to either dak or you um since the Nintendo Direct, because the Nintendo Direct happened, and I covered the Nintendo Direct and got on a plane and was gone for, like, a couple weeks. So... So you got to hear about all of the chaos after you landed. <laughs> well, no, 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 I, I watched it, I recorded a podcast, and then I flew away, so, like, I ah. I saw the tears... I mean, Zelda was obviously the biggest <laughs> thing, and even that was not that great, because it was another teaser trailer, and I was just like, come on. But, um, yeah, so we didn't get to talk about it, and really, there, was, there wasn't there was anything to talk about. Um, maybe one of the most disappointing Nintendo Directs that I can think of, for me. It definitely, it definitely wasn't the Direct for me, you know, especially as someone who's not into even regular JRPGs, let alone farming sim JRPGs. It wasn't a Direct for me. But, you know, for the people that are happy about those, you know, I'm happy for them. Uh, I'm happy that GoldenEye is finally real, as even though it's being released very weirdly across the platforms, and indeed, it's not it's not the XBLA leaked uh, game that we thought it was going to be. It's a different kind of port, but nonetheless, it's still happening. And I'm gonna get both versions for free since I already own Re Rare Replay on the Xbox, so that's mm -hmm. dope. And uh, Pikmin Four finally rising from the dead. That I mean, you know what? As a, as a brand new Pikmin fan, that makes me very happy. That's probably going to be a day one buy for me. It's, so. It absolutely is going to be a day one. I love Pikmin. Pikmin might be the most underrated Nintendo franchise, actually. 
it is so like in terms of just like pure fun pikmin is at, at the top like if not at the top it's in that same like circumference but that was like the i was watching that and it was just like sure was miyamoto comes in he's reveal. like we're working on pikmin 4 but let me tell you about pikmin bloom and he goes on about this game that nobody plays <laughs> that's been out for like a year okay. And I, was I, like, think it's like, I think it's like two years old now. Yeah. <laughs> so it was the, such a bizarre... And, and it was so weird. And it's like... Because it's like... He didn't announce Pikmin 4 until afterwards. But it was like, okay... Obviously, Miyamoto is going to announce Pikmin 4. Why Why are we talking about this right now? Like, I feel like it would have been... I feel like it would have been so much better if Miyamoto had just been like... Hey, you know what? We're still working hard on the Mario movie. We're not quite ready to talk about that. Yeah, we're still working on the uh, the Hollywood version of Super Nintendo World, but yeah, I'm not here to talk about Mario today. I want to talk about something else. Please take a look at this, and then just go right into the Pikmin Four trailer. That well, would have been yeah, such but they a didn't even have way. a trailer. It was just a logo. Like I wouldn't have done. I wouldn't have even revealed that until you had a trailer. You know what I mean? Like I would have just not done anything. I, that was weird. Um, there was no there was no Twilight Princess or Wind Waker. Like all these insiders were promising, and there was no Metroid Prime. Which, uh, I think we can definitively put to bed that anything's coming out in 2022. It's just, ain't gonna happen at this yeah, point. You, uh, you, uh, missed me, uh, shaving my beard because I lost the bet there <laughs> on the last podcast, but... Yeah, you know, I, I don't know, I, we, we've I got, talked I about insiders L. before, and we I, have different opinions. I gotta opinions. take the L on this one. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I took the L on this one, like... Well, an L's an L. I can't I wait. Own up to it. I can't wait for next year when Metroid Prime and Twilight Princess and Wind Waker rumors start floating around again. <laughs> I thought the the worst part of this was it was the end. It was the end of the direct, and then I was like, okay, it's got to be Zelda. It has to be Zelda. Zelda has to be here, and uh, they showed Kirby, <laughs> and I was just like, are you kidding me, Kirby? Right now. In the main event slot of a Nintendo Direct when we just had a Kirby game that came out. And this was like a 10-year-old Kirby. I was like, I was sitting there. I, my head was about to explode. And then we got like 60 seconds of Zelda. And I was just like, I'm ready to leave this continent. And I did. It wasn't... Here's the thing. The trailer on its own, it, it sucked. It wasn't a good trailer. But we got the release date. And because of that, like, I'm fine. Because we know that that inevitable February Direct... We're gonna get the the Zelda blowout. Yeah, and, but and I, I think out. we need that Zelda blowout now. Like, I this is I know this isn't the Zelda cast, and I kind of talked about this, but like, you got and seven months to go. What are you waiting for? And now that we have a definitive date, I feel I'm feeling pretty confident at this point that it's not going to be delayed any further. At this point, now that we have a d- date set in stone. Yeah, I agree. Um, pretty disappointing on the Metroid side, though. No Metroid Prime, no Metroid Prime Four, which I don't think any of us really expected. Yeah, but maybe trilogy, maybe something but uh there was nothing hopefully hopefully if nintendo actually has an e3 this year uh we uh i if they do have an e3 i think uh prime 4 might be back on the table but i think it could be too we can't but uh i mean as as we've learned this year we can't uh we can't take those e3 shows for granted now can we well i mean e3 is they've they've claimed that they're coming back uh (laughs) i guess we'll see um, but that wasn't the only Nintendo Direct lately, by God. There is a Nintendo Direct for this Super Mario Bros. movie. My goodness. So first of all, I want to talk about the uh, the part before, the actual trailer, where Chris Pratt was there. 
And he... Chris Pratt. This dude... <laughs> stop. This dude looked like he was like... I don't know. A dozen... He looked like he was being held at gunpoint. He looked like he was like six whiskey sours into this Nintendo Direct. to just like, yeah, I'm stomping on Koopas since I was a kid. I was... I was like, this is incredible. And then Jack Black was there, and he's a maniac. Jack Black is so awesome. Oh, I love Jack Black. He is so awesome. Like I've never seen a Absolute bad Jack King. Black anything. Um, the funniest thing I saw was was a tweet where someone was like, it looks like Chris Pratt is being held at gunpoint. It looks like Jack Black is holding the gun. <laughs> 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 so... That was pretty fitting. Um, yeah, it was funny because I was expecting, like, going into it, I was like, man, the memes for this trailer are going to be unreal. And there and there have been some memes from the trailers, but it's really that moment of Chris yeah. Pratt talking that's been the focus of all the memes, Just which like, I would... <laughs> what would, like, I don't know, man. He looked like he was in, like, the Andromeda Galaxy. Just like, are you okay, bro? Like, what's going on? Um... So, yeah, that was, it was great before the trailer even happened. And I want to talk about two parts of it. I want to talk about the, the like actual trailer. And I want to talk about Chris Pratt. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's just start. I have a feeling we have similar opinions on this. I think we do, yeah. I I think that most people I've seen do. Um, let's talk about Chris Pratt first, though, because that's more fun. Uh, yeah. So, wait, I remember when they revealed in that Nintendo Direct who was playing who in this Mario movie. And that was a great moment. It was fun and whatever. And I, if you would have asked me that day what Mario would have sounded like, I would have been like, he's probably just going to sound like Chris Pratt. Like, they don't need to do anything, like, special or whatever. It's it's stunt casting, and that's fine. But then, there are all these reports, and it's like, Chris Pratt's Mario voice is going to blow you away. Blow you away. <laughs> Polygon report of that, IGN report of that. Before. Yeah. Like all these places where like this voice is gonna be could be incredible. And then Chris Chris Pratt sounds exactly like Chris Pratt. <laughs> oh, where am I? I heard I started laughing my ass off at the I was I was actually in my car. I was at the grocery store and I had the day off and uh I was I was like, oh no, the direct is starting now. And so like I was like, it was like literally 259 or whatever it was. And I was like, ah, I can't, I can't risk driving home. So like I sat in my car and watched this and I was cackling at this trailer in my car. <laughs> it's like Chris Pratt sounded exactly like Star-Lord in this trailer, except for what he tried to do this like Mushroom Kingdom, let's uh, go. <laughs> Dude, that was so yeah, it, awesome. <laughs> it was, it was like a Chris Pratt voice with like these very subtle oh. imitations of like of like mario and like it was like the worst was... imitation of the charles <laughs> martin it was so awful oh man but which is funny because i think again i think that if he just did regular chris pratt voice that'd be fine and i think that even if in this trailer he did regular chris pratt voice and we kind of laughed at it and then like you know, when the movie came out, you could kind of laugh at it, but then you settle in after a few minutes. But I feel like if he's going to do stuff like, let's uh, go, or we, or, you know, the, all the stupid sounds that Mario makes, it's just going to be like, every time he does it, you're going to be face bombing. It feels like multiple octaves off, you know what I mean? Ugh. Like, yeah. even if it sounded like Chris Pratt, if, like, his octaves were a bit higher, I feel like it would work. But it's just, it's so, like, it's too low. And, like, and like I was, I was talking about this earlier, because some people were saying, like, well, you know, Mario's had a ton of voices before. You know, you have, you know, Bob Hoskins for the Mario Brothers movie. Mm -hmm. You know, you have um, 
oh, I can't remember his name right now from like the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Oh, Captain like, Lou yeah, Albano. Yeah, Lou Albano. And, and like, yeah. yeah, those are those are those are good voices. I I like I like them. I think they sound great. But like that was before Mario's voice was re- really standardized. Like after Super Mario sixty four, like yeah, Charles Martinet had done Mario voices before, but after Super Mario sixty four, he was yeah, that Mario. was the voice. He became Mario at that point, and ever since then, like you could do a Mario impersonation in like front of like an elderly couple, and they'd probably know who you're talking about because it's yeah. that iconic. And like and like even the Sonic movie, you know, they got um, you know, they didn't hire back a uh, Roger Craig Smith, but um, Ben Schwartz, I mean. Yeah, he he sound he sounds like uh like like Sonic. Well, he so. just kind of sounds like Ben. Like he didn't have to do like a goofy voice or anything like that. And I guess Sonic doesn't really have a goofy voice like Mario does in the games, which makes it a little bit easier. And I was of the opinion too, by the way, that like they should not have casted Charles Martinet as Mario. I know a lot of people thought they should, but I I didn't think that they should. But that being said, I don't think that you want to have Chris Pratt imitate Charles Martinet because you're just gonna it's just gonna be weird. So I thought that was hilarious. Uh, we'll we'll see. There's a lot more trailer to be, or a lot more of this movie to be shown clearly. Um, so we'll and see. Plus, and plus, I'm sure like eventually we'll adjust to it and it'll be whatever. Obviously, it's not gonna be, it's not gonna hit as hard as uh, Charles Martinet does in the games. But no. like, but I mean, we'll we'll probably adjust. We're used to it. Like I've seen Chris Pratt and a bunch of other stuff before, and I've liked his voice. I'm sure yeah. eventually, like I'll get used to his voice in a in a mario animation i mean that's what i mean like i think like after like two minutes you'll be used to chris pratt but like i feel like for me like every time he does something that doesn't like yeah, every time he imitates what charles martinet would do i think they should just stay away from that and let chris pratt be chris pratt oh who knows i mean well who knows and, we'll and it's and again it's it's also hard to judge because we've heard like yes. i think nine total words from mario like we yes. need to like see like full scenes from him <laughs> that scene though where mushroom kingdom let's a go oh my god i i was dying like cackling in my car it was so awesome uh in a goofy way but i you know what i think that like trailer looked good you know jack black sounded great uh Keegan michael smith sounded key. great uh, uh key oh i'm, I'm sorry um yeah I, like I, th- I think all the voices were were fine I think that the anime the animation looked better than I thought it would actually. It looked the animation looks so good. Yeah, I'm like actually shy. It's let me, so let me cool. ask you a question. Like, Have you seen? I I haven't seen Despicable Me or like the Minions movie or anything like that. Me Have you? either. Okay. No. I I don't know. I was I think I was kind of expecting just like a little bit more cheap animation or something like that. Like yeah, focus in on the main characters and they look good, but then the background maybe kind of looks like yeah. But yeah, this looks really good. I'm very excited for this movie. Like, like obviously, you know, Chris Pratt's voice is a meme right now. But, like, everything else about this movie, yeah. like, it looks really fun. Like, the physical comedy, like, really worked with the, the penguins throwing the snowballs. Do you yield? <laughs> like, that was good. <laughs> and then, God, Jack Black's voice is Bowser. Which honestly makes sense because Jack Black, on top of being an actor, is also both a musician and a professional voice we're, actor. We're so apparently going to hear some some music from Bowser, which is incredible. I, I am I am down for that one thousand percent. But yeah. yeah, Jack Black sounds so good as Bowser. Um, I love the design. Again, we were talking about the animations. I love how expressive bowser is in this trailer we don't really get to see that in the games mm-hmm. um because you know those facial animation details aren't really the focal point of the games but like just seeing like bowser grimace and smirk and just <laughs> have like really good lip syncing with his uh dialogue like it just oh it, 
I love it. I, I was I was impressed. Yeah, like I think the trailer, this like the trailer basically looked like what I expected it to look like. Although the quality was a little bit better, but like it just in terms of like tone and terms of you know what I, like, and I think that you could pretty much extrapolate like that this movie is going to kind of be what I thought it was going to be. Like, it's going to be safe. It's going to be inoffensive. It's going to be, you know, it's, it's going to kind of almost have like a Pixar vibe to it. Where like, even like the bad Pixar movies aren't that bad. And like, you could still enjoy them. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be inoffensive and it's going to go down easy. And I think that that, you know, that kind of sounds like a negative the way I'm saying it, but like, I think that for Nintendo's like first foray back into the world of film, like that's not necessarily a bad thing when it comes to, you know, this Mario Bros movie. Um, because I think that if this movie is successful, that might allow you to have, you know, like some other franchises that you could get a little bit more weird with, like Metroid, which we'll talk about later. But um, yeah, so I mean, I, th- I think this will be safe, standard, inoffensive, and that's okay. I'm not willing to say whether or not it's going to be safe yet, just because I need I need to see more footage first. We've really only seen two condensed scenes so far. I need to see at least one full trailer before I'm like ready to judge like how safe or experimental it's going to be. So I'm not, I, I I'm think sure I would have said that, that before I saw any trailer. Like to be fair, but um, but from what I've seen so far, at least in terms of my excitement level of my curiosity it's definitely stepped up quite a bit since um since going in so yeah yeah i'm and and that's the thing like beforehand it was mostly just like i can't wait for the memes now i'm legitimately excited to learn more about this film and i'm awaiting the next trailer eagerly i i think that uh, the next trailer is gonna have dk in it which is gonna be awesome i want to hear the seth rogan dk that's like <laughs> I, I think it's just gonna sound exactly like seth rogan which which is which is fine which is great <laughs> I, can't, I can't do the laugh i can't no. do the laugh um so spin we're gonna spin off here it seems very likely to me that this movie will be a success and um i don't think that you know i've seen a lot of people joking about the nintendo cinematic universe I, I like. I don't actually think that's like that big of a stretch, to be honest. Like, if to if this movie is successful, it seems like we're already. It seems like the next movie is going to be a Donkey Kong movie, which which makes sense since you kind of. I'm assuming they have Seth Rogen under contract for more films or whatever. Um, and it seems logical to me that you know since Pokemon is kind of its own thing and and exists in its own little world or whatever. I would I would suspect that actually the next movie that they're going to be doing is. Probably a Zelda movie, which we talked about over on the ZeldaCast um, yesterday. Um, and so one important thing, I think, to note here is... Uh, I, I don't know... Actually, maybe maybe before I note that. I don't know that Nintendo would make a Metroid movie, like, right away. Um, but I, I mean, I, I think that that's a series that... I think it's more difficult to make a Metroid movie than it would be to make a Zelda movie. But I think that it has a pretty decent appeal. But... I wanted to preface this, and I'm going to explain. So Doom and I both have pitches and concepts for a Metroid movie, but I'm going to explain to you my kind of rationale and imposed rules that I had. So it's important to note here that Nintendo bought an animation company. So most companies, like Sega, for example, licenses out the Sonic IP to uh, Paramount or whoever makes the, the Sega movies. 
So they get a set fee, and then the movie does however it does, and if it bombs, Sega doesn't really lose that much. If it makes a lot of money, Sega doesn't really get that much in return either. Nintendo just loves to control everything. They're control freaks. So they bought their own animation studio. So they are going to be presumably making more movies um, with their IP to get a return on this investment. So it seems fairly logical to me or obvious to me that we can expect these movies to be animated. Um, so my Metroid movie that I'm going to pitch is, a, is an animated Metroid movie because I think that's what we would get. Now, well, also, spe- well, I was going to say, speaking of Metroid, I believe the um, the company that they acquired that they renamed uh, to Nintendo Pictures, uh, they originally worked on, uh, I believe, some of the other M cutscenes. Yeah, if yeah, I remember reading the reports correctly. Yep, they did that, and they, uh, I think, they basically animated like the entire. I don't know if you've ever seen Kingsglaive. It's it's based on Final Fantasy 15, um, but they basically animated that whole movie, and it's. It's a really gorgeous movie. I've, I've watched that movie actually for Virtual Theater, which is a podcast about video game movies and the stories that shape them. Um, but the animation is really fantastic in that. So I'm expecting that kind of style. I, I think I think we'd all, maybe not all, but like, I, I think I would love to see a live action Metroid movie. I don't know how likely that, I think if we're going to get a Metroid movie, it's probably going to be animated. Uh, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of, I'm sure, it, I'm sure it could still be awesome. I personally would love to see a live action Metroid movie, but in my kind of self-imposed rules, I made an animated Metroid movie. And I'm assuming that pretty much every movie that Nintendo does is going to involve some form of stunt casting. And for anybody that doesn't know what that is, stunt casting is when you cast a bunch of celebrities to play your characters. So like basically the entire Mario movie uh casting is all stunt casting well i mean to be fair that's like most like big budget hollywood animation today it's like based off of like getting big name celebrities to like you know sell the premise of the movie which i mean i i think is kind of unfortunate because i i personally much prefer like personal like voice actors who are you know like trained their entire life who are specifically master in that profession there's a couple of exceptions like idris elba he's primarily an actor but i think he's a phenomenal voice actor and i love him and all the animation he's done but yeah. it's mostly those are mostly exceptions than rules right um but i i think that that's just gonna be you know how it is um yeah with nintendo so i don't know do you how do you want to do this doom i've explained to you my rules do you want to explain what your concept was and do you want to do your pitch do you want me to do my pitch first what do you want to do here so i started out with like a pretty wide scale pitch for a movie um, it started out, and then I basically I wrote out this entire prologue sequence. But honestly, I was super happy with just the prologue alone, and I feel like that this could actually function really well as like a short film. And I kind of just like it to like to just end it right after there and just call it at that. I think. And so I think I'm just gonna go with that as my uh, pitch, kind of as like a Metroid short film that's like 10, 15 minutes long. Oh, okay. Well, I have a full movie. I was hoping for a full movie from you, but we can hear your your Metroid short pitch. You go ahead, because I've got some meat on this bone. Absolutely. Well, this well this is um this is a pretty meaty pitch, um even for a short film. But basically, okay. so basically when I was um so when I was writing out like um stuff for a Metroid movie, first I wrote out what are the necessities 
of Metroid. Like, what makes Metroid Metroid that absolutely has to be translated onto uh, onto film regardless? And the first thing that obviously came to mind was the Alien series influence. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Metroid, as we all know, is, is you know, you and, you and Goo have uh, talked about on the podcast as well, heavily inspired by Alien, uh, whether it's, um, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek references like Ridley or, you know, whether it's the creature designs or some of the story elements. Uh, Metroid obviously has spun off in its own direction. It's very much its own thing, but it's very much rooted uh, in Alien from its origins. And I feel yeah. like it's important. Uh, I feel like it's important to show show that um, in a film, um, which also makes sense because, I mean, you know, you want to talk about how to do a Metroid movie. I mean, you have a couple of really good templates that have been successfully uh, translated to film already. So I think that's a pretty good starting point, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I took note of is you need some form of isolation and or claustrophobia. And when I say that, I don't mean that like, oh, Samus has to be the only character. Um, no, Samus can interact with like tons of other characters, but there has to be some sort of closed off uh, feeling of the movie. And when I start going into other film references, I'll talk, I'll go give some more examples about how that works. Okay. This one, and then this next one, this is for me personally, as someone who takes Metroid music very seriously, I feel like the score has to be largely acousmatic and really towing that line in that gray area of the diegetic and the non-diegetic areas. I'm not going to go on that whole ramp, but basically following that large, um, following that original Hirokazu Tanaka um, inspiration for the first game, I think is very important. I think Samus needs to act as a vessel to the audience. Samus can be her own character, but essentially she has to be, while she doesn't need to be a character that represents the player, or the the audience member in this case, I want her to be a character that the audience member wants to aspire to be. Uh, Kind of like, almost like a Captain America to an extent. You know, like, like none of us are as Captain America but he's like the kind of person we want to aspire to be. You know what I you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, he's he's the innate goodness. Exactly, exactly. Right. Um diverse and distinct in environments as well. Uh, I want, you know, Metroid worlds are some of the most creative, beautiful places, especially in the Prime games. I mean, you know, we've talked so much about Fendrana Drift, Sanctuary Fortress, the Chozo Laboratories. There's so much cool creative locations that just ooze so much interesting art direction and i want that to be reflective um you know in a metroid film Mm -hmm. and when it comes to the alien creature design i want the creatures to be more grounded kind of like the metroid prime designs not so much like the the 2d game designs whereas i feel like a lot of the sci-fi technology has more potential to be less grounded if Mm -hmm. that makes sense sure and yeah, those are, um, and in the sense of a full movie, I don't think this necessarily needs to happen for my short film, but if we're going to do a full full film, you need Metroids. Because oh, I feel like, because, you know, a lot, because you got you to gotta get this film to appeal to people outside of the audience, and it's going to be weird to have a film called Metroid and not have a single reference, yes. you know, to those, um, to those title creatures. Yes, I completely agree. Yeah. And so those are basically like the necessities. These are like the notes that I took writing down. Like, okay, these are what is needed in a Metroid film to make this work. And then for my own personal influences, 
um, different games, stories, and movies mm. uh, that I like that I think uh, could work in certain aspects. Obviously, you know, we talked about Alien and Aliens. That's pretty self-explanatory how that would work. Another movie... Um, Andy, have you seen the 2012 reboot of Dread? With Joel... Car- Kin- Carl, Carl Urban. Urban. Yeah, I did. That movie it, was cool. Fantastic. Fantastic movie, criminally underrated in my opinion. I absolutely love it. I think it's one of the best action movies of the uh, of the 2010s era. And to me, this movie is a great example of how Metroid could tackle claustro- claustrophobia and isolation. Because this is a movie with really, you only have two main characters, and then you have a lot of focus on the villains as well. But it also... Um, and the, despite the fact that these two characters interact with a lot of people, it's still very much focused on them. And they're constantly outgunned, they're outwitted, they're on the run, they're on the back end, and there's always this constant like pressure put on them. And I feel like a similar type of pressure put in a similar way in a Metroid movie is a great way to kind of create that sense of isolation in its own unique way for film. Hmm. Okay. Uh, another uh, another movie that I have here, uh, Mad, Mad Max Fury Road, another phenomenal action movie from the 2010s. Um, there's a lot of cool visceral action set pieces, but that's not really the influence I'm looking at. My influence is specifically in regards to um, how the space pirates are portrayed in the um, Immortan Joe's gang. I feel like that hierarchy is a really cool way to like depict space pirate hierarchy as well with like mother brain Craid, and Ridley and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the way it's, and the way it's portrayed in that movie, I feel like that's a really um, cool way to do that there. All right. Um, uh, Halo, t- Halo two. I specifically love that game because of how it world builds around the covenant. And I think that's, and I think using a similar approach to the space pirates would be a great way, so that they're not just mustache twirling villains. How they're clearly evil, but they also have very clear motivations as well. That if the, that if the audience can't relate to, maybe they can at least understand. Um, and then finally, um, and this might be a weird uh, influence, but uh, Superman. Uh, specifically with the uh, Krypton parallels to the short film that I'm going to make, as well as Samus's character journey and imprint on the audience, which is kind of what I was referring to before with my Captain America analogy, as a character that the audience wants to aspire to be. And that brings me... Or actually, before I go into the prologue, what do you think of everything that I've listed before? <clears throat> is there anything you think sounds off? or I don't know that I would make samus into a captain america-esque figure because i think i think i i have samus a bit differently in mind to i i think that both of like um you can be relatable if you're a character with flaws and you can also be a character that you aspire to and i think both are completely valid i went not with flaws but like more of a like i don't know like a humanized character that maybe needs to overcome some stuff um but yeah, I mean, I, I, obviously, Alien is is uh, influence in my movie as well. Um, I have uh, I, I have some similar stuff. I think I I actually when I was listening to you talk, I I didn't really make any notes about music or anything like that, uh, which which is obviously quite important. So um yeah, definitely that's one of those kind of things that I think should go without saying is like the music has to be awesome and, and stuff like that. But uh, no, keep uh, keep going. All right, cool. 
And um, so, yeah, so basically my short film is basically, um, it serves as a prologue to the NES game. And originally what I was going to do for my movie is it was going to be, it was going to be a movie about the NES adventure, but rewritten. Mm. And this prologue was kind of going to like take, this was going to introduce the movie. But I think, I feel, I'm really proud of how this prologue turned out personally and I don't know, it could be one of those instances where it sounds better in my head, but it doesn't sound as good in real life. But I think it really works, and it's, you know, it's a part of the Metro universe that we've never really seen covered in the games before. You know, it was briefly covered in the manga, which right. is technically not even canon anymore, but well, I think this would be a really... Well, it, the, the manga itself isn't canon, but parts was. of it have been adapted into canon, yeah. but... Um, so, but, hold uh, on, is this, this is a live-action short, or this is an animated short, hypothetically? This is a live action. This okay. is a live action short. I envisioned it, although it could absolutely work either way. I think. Right. Okay. But 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 I envisioned this being live action when I did it. So All right, let's so go. Yeah, about ten to fifteen minutes long, and it's basically about the um the space pirate raid of Zebes, where Samus Samus engages them for the second time in her life. So at this point, her parents are long dead, and the reason I chose this specific moment is because. I mean, if you think if you think about it, Samus is two years old when her, her parents are died. She's very young, and while that specific moment is still ingrained in her brain and it's clearly traumatized her, I also I don't know about you, but I barely remember my life when I was two years old, and I imagine that Samus, while she's still traumatized that she was robbed of her parents, that she probably still remembers that day. I don't imagine that she remembers a lot of what her parents were like maybe like small small occasional snapshots for me personally okay, i imagine this. i imagine the big traumatizing moment was you know what the chozo was when the chozo were slaughtered on zebus because that's who she grew up with that was who raised her that's where the vast majorities of her of her memories are interconnected and so i feel like this for me i feel like this is like the big moment that like defines Samus where Samus really grows as a character and starts learning from a, not all of her, but a good portion of her mistakes in the past. And so I feel like this is a really important part of the timeline to focus on. But anyways, enough with that preamble. Let's get into this. Yeah, so the let's film's... go. I'm anxious. So the film starts in the past with the space pirates already engaged mid raid in the siege of Zebus. Chozo inhabitants, along with native Zebus wildlife, are being mercilessly slaughtered. We get to Samus fighting, already donning uh, the base power suit, along with several other fully armored Chozo warriors. They're clearly outnumbered 100 to 1, however, still firmly holding their position and maintaining control. Perhaps some small dialogue exchanges between the two to, to um, demonstrate camaraderie between the squad. Um, personally, I would love this whole prologue to be voiced in Chozo with subtitles. That's just my personal choice, but nonetheless. <clears throat> everything is going according to plan until Ridley shows up. Samus freezes momentarily before abandoning her position to engage Ridley head-on at the behest of her fellow soldiers. Keep in mind, Samus is still in her early teens during these events. So she's like, what, 13, 14? Mm. Maybe 15 at this point? So... So we're still a far, we're still a ways off from maturity. But she sees Ridley, she freezes up, and she wants him dead. Um, 
Well, uh, okay, this fight goes similarly to um, the Hulk versus Thanos fight in Avengers Infinity War, where Hulk lands some nasty blows at the start at the fight due to the surprise, but Thanos quickly adapts and easily gains the upper hand. A small party of the Chozo soldiers squatted with Samus, now seeing her in danger, begin to disperse and attempt to help her. But now with less soldiers to defend their positions, the remaining soldiers are slowly picked off one by one as they become overwhelmed. Samus nearly beaten to a pulp, is moments away from getting a final death blow from Ridley's tail when the rescue party from Samus' squad arrived just in time. Most of them engage Ridley and earn themselves some particularly gruesome deaths, uh, while one drags Samus out of the combat zone into a nearby sheltered bunkered area. Samus' power suit is horribly damaged and uh, short-circuiting, which is uh, my little wink and a nod in this movie to Samus losing nearly all of her abilities at the start of an adventure. And the Chozo in the bunker comment on their losses, slowly coming to realize the inevitability of their defeat. Their final mission is to get Samus off-world successfully. One of the Chozo elders specifically, maybe this is um, Grey Voice, uses the word prophecy uh, and emphasizes that when discussing the vitality of Samus's well-being. They haul Samus's unconscious body into the nearest escape pod before launching the entire remaining fleet at once in an effort to create a diversion. The space pirates are too focused on the fighters and decoy escape pods to pay any mind to Samus's. Samus regains consciousness after the auto medical bay injects her with a serum. She's confused at first until realizing she's on board an escape pod, racing to the window only to find herself well within the upper atmosphere of Zebes, with a large fiery plume emanating from the location she was at moments ago. Samus is overwhelmed with guilt, pinning the blame of all the lost lives on her desire to kill Ridley at the expense of the mission. She lets out a scream, and immediately we cut to the modern day, nine years later, in her ship as she awakes from cryostasis. She she regains her composure... Walks over, walks over to the windshield of her ship. We look out the window at Planet Zebes today as she lands, ready to begin the events of the first Metroid game. And oh. that's my, and that's where my short film cuts. I wish you would have did the whole thing. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Um, it's it's certainly different than mine, but I, we do have some some similarities in uh, in ours. I can picture this. And I can see where your Superman reference is coming from because this reminds me of Man of Steel, like the opening to Man uh-huh. of Steel. Like, uh, so I, I can, I can picture that. I think it's like it's a, it's kind of dark, but uh, that's okay. If we're doing like a live action, like sci-fi, like <clears throat> excuse me, movie like that, I think that this tone is is definitely kind of cool. I don't, I don't think it would ever make. I don't know if Nintendo would ever actually green like that, but I think in like terms of like what we would like hope um to see happen i think that could be pretty like pretty sweet yeah um and also i want to say when i emphasize particular gruesome deaths i don't mean like hard r rating like yeah or yeah. like ridley ripping people have i mean like implied brutality like you can get away a lot with a, a pg-13 rating if you like have something off camera like one idea i had was like maybe like Ridley like it within one hand, like clutching like a Chozo's face, and then the camera pans past the face, and you just hear just a loud crunching sound as he like as his muscles flex, but you don't actually see what's happening. It's like something like that. I feel like. Okay. Yeah, that's. I, I wish you. I wish you would have kept on going. I want to see where the story goes. <laughs> I'm gonna give you mine. Are you ready? And I have actually. I'm, ready. Before, no, I'm sorry. Before I give you yours, did you 
Did you uh, hypothetically cast anybody in this live action Metroid uh, movie? I, I didn't really cast anyone. Honest, honestly, for me, I don't. I don't really have any like particular like. Oh my gosh, I need like this person to play Samus, or I need this person to voice uh, uh, Gray Voice. But like, I don't know. I'm kind of like fine with whatever. Um, my like my. I would love to see. Um, why can I not remember her name right now? Uh, I was just talking about Mad Max Fury Road, and I cannot remember. Charlize Theron. Rem- yeah, Charlize Theron. Thank you. She would be um, okay. Yeah, she she'd be. Good. Uh, she wouldn't be able to play Samus in this prologue, at least if it was live action, just because she's she's a bit too old for that. Samus is again in her you know right. her mid to late teens at that point. I would love to see like if we ever did have had like a Metroid movie of like of like um. Sam, of like a middle-aged Samus, a middle-aged gruff Sam. Oh man, I would love Charlize Theron to play that. That would be so awesome. Yeah, I, I, man, ten years ago she would have been the absolute perfect Sam. She, I mean, she pre- could still be an awesome Samus. But I, for my story, I wanted Samus a bit younger here. So I, mm-hmm. I tried. So like I said, my my kind of self-imposed rules here that I gave myself were: this is going to exist within the framework of Nintendo's current animated movie reality right um and it's gonna involve stunt casting and stuff like that so i i tried to kind of i almost tried to to come up with like a movie plot and like the similar kind of thing where like nintendo announced the cast rundown here I, i'll tell you who i casted for the zelda guys after we're done um All right. and i am like complete i'm god awful at that like, i was just like i don't know <laughs> so danny devito was tingle <laughs> yeah. I, you know what i cast adam sandler as tingle <laughs> oh okay all right that was that was goose suggestion i was like dude who do i cast as these zelda guys and he was just like adam sandler tingle i still need to see uncut gems i heard that was so good it is it's quite actually his new movie's good too hustle uh very good movie okay here we go so a few things that we need to preface before we can get into this Metroid movie. Um, one, the primary goal of this movie, the goal among this movie obviously is to make money, but the the primary goal is to get people to know what Metroid is. Because if Nintendo is releasing this movie under their animation studio, Chances are 90% of people have no idea what Metroid is. They've never heard of Metroid. So this has to be a, like an, an intro origin, easily digestible movie where we can get to know Samus. We can get to know the Metroid world. We can get to know the Space Pirates, stuff like that. So we ha- we absolutely have to assume that everybody watching this has no idea what Metroid is. No idea. Agreed. Um, this is kind of like the Guardians of the Galaxy of the Nintendo Cinematic Universe, where you know nobody knew what Guardians of the Galaxy was, um, but they did it in such a great way that now it's a household name. So I remember when we started the podcast, Dak and I kind of had very different ideas. He he was in favor. I was in favor of a movie that introduced people to Metroid, and he wanted like the movie kind of cut in between Metroid Prime One and Two, which I didn't agree with. So. I'm sticking to my guns. It's going to be this. The goal of this movie is to introduce people to Metroid. So that above and beyond goes. That's the main goal here. Um, a couple quick things is that uh, we absolutely have to show because this is an animated movie. I feel like we have a lot of opportunity to have some like funky alien life forms, which I think is like a very like must have for a Metroid movie, as well as like 
an incredible world. And I'm going to cheat a little bit because we're going to go to a familiar planet, but nothing about that planet other than the name is going to be similar. Like we can do like Fendrana drifts on this planet. We can do whatever we want on this planet. Like I, I kind of want like almost like an animated version of Pandora from Avatar where it's like there's cool okay. space life. Like we're... so, it sounds like so. It sounds like this movie that you're that you're suggesting. This is not canon to the game universe. This is its own canon, no. correct? Correct. Yeah. As, right. as I think these movies should be. Like yeah. I don't think the Mario movie should have anything to do with the Mario games. I don't think a Zelda movie should have anything to do with Zelda games. I think like the movie is its own thing. Like if if you went and saw a Batman movie, you wouldn't expect to have had to read like Batman three forty six that just came out last month, right? So same kind or of even... idea. Or even if you're seeing if you're seeing the new Batman movie with um, uh, Robert yeah, yeah. Pattinson, like you shouldn't be expected to like understand the uh, Nolan Batman films. It's its own thing. Precisely. Yeah. Exactly. Um, or if you're going to see this new Mario Bros. movie, you should watch the 1993 Super Mario Bros. movie to see that <laughs> that movie is going to be superior. Um, but so moving on here, um, I think that. Um, I'm going to have Metroids, but there's going to be no Metroid evolutions. There's going to be a Metroid and a Metroid Queen, and that's it. Because, like, we're trying to introduce people to these creatures, and I don't think we want to over-complicate things in the first film, anyways. Um, Ridley and Mother Brain are both going to talk. They they have to talk, uh, and I think that that's fine. I think that you can give them voices, and especially Mother Brain, I feel like that's fine. She can be, like, computerized or something like that. Um, but both no, give her the talk. captain invoice. Oh man, can you imagine? I wonder if that actress is still alive. I hope she is. What a what a gem. Um, and so I I think you know obviously we talk about isolation as a main staple in Metroid, and it absolutely is in the games. However, I don't think that we're gonna do that in this movie. I I think that um, what what I think is going to work best is I have assigned Samus a companion for, for lack of a better word, that is going to be like a, like an intercom companion. So that someone that almost like Adam, um, almost like Adam that can talk to Samus, give Samus updates, stuff like that. I have, I've codenamed this person, the commander. So Samus is going to have someone in think of like Navi, almost like Link. So like Link is technically by himself, but he's got this fairy. So that's kind of the same thing that we're doing with Samus as well. I understand that, you know, some Metroid fans may scoff at that, but like the fact of the matter is, is that we have to have Samus talk and you know, she has to talk to someone and it doesn't make sense for her to just talk out loud to herself. Um, so I think if we do that, we can still have Samus exploring this planet by herself, but you know, getting that as well where, where Samus can talk. So I, that might be a little bit, controversial but that's that's the way that i went i'm on board so far sounds so far so good okay so the style of this film so i think that um like i said earlier i i don't actually think like a super smash bros crossover movie is like off the table like i i think that that like realistically could exist in like a couple years so I think that in terms of animation, you want to have people somewhat uniform, uh, somewhat. So I'm not suggesting that the characters in this movie look like the Mario character movies, but I think that they have to look somewhat similar enough where you could put them beside each other and they don't look completely like ridiculous. Um, 
but also you like it, it kind of in the way that you know in Disney in the early '90s released like the like Beauty and the Beast looks different from Lion King, which looks different from Hercules, which looks different from Tarzan, but they still kind of have like the underlying like Disney animation to them or, or Pixar animation to them. You know what I'm trying to say here? I don't think I'm explaining it very well, but. I, honestly, I was just thinking more just like Super Smash Brothers. I mean, you already have yeah, 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 yeah. You, have, you already have a Super Smash Brothers art style that's able to accommodate yes. like all of these other different games, and that's why you can have like you know Mario facing off against Solid Snake, and it doesn't look that out of place. Yes, God bless you. That yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I'm going for. They they kind of have to have like a little bit of uniformity to them. Um, for the actual art style, I mentioned uh, Kingsglaive earlier. I would expect this to kind of look like a mix of standard illumination animation mixed with like, let's say Final Fantasy Spirits Within mixed with kind of like the vibes of this is a deep cut. But have you ever seen the movie Nine? It came out like 15 years ago. It's an animated movie. I I know the movie. I haven't watched it, though. So it's kind of a creepy looking, scary looking movie or whatever. It's, It's actually like pretty cool. Um, but I, I kind of, in terms of our animation, I think that we're going to have a little bit of that going on. And then I think that I want to include some, some avatar influences, as I mentioned earlier, just in terms of like the planet that we're on and also some alien influences in terms of like the hostility and maybe like, maybe this, I think that you should have like darker or like bright areas in this, but I think you also want to have some darker, creepier areas as well. Um, again, like live action would be my preference, but. I think that we can make this work for um, for an animated movie. Um, so the tone, like I said, it's going to be a, an animated Nintendo movie, so it probably won't be like a rated M tone, but I think that this should be like the most serious of the Nintendo animated movies. I think that obviously you can have Mario as fairly goofy, Donkey Kong is like very, very goofy, Zelda somewhere in the middle, and maybe Metroid up here is kind of like your more serious movie. So all that being said, here's my story. Act 1. We are introduced to Samus, an orphan who trains to be a Galactic Federation soldier. This kind of presents some funny uh, or some fun opportunities where you could have cameos of like Adam, you could have cameos from Anthony Higgs, whatever. But this is where we meet the commander, and the commander is Samus's superior, and um, Samus is clearly the most skilled operative that's there, but has trouble working together with others because of her past trauma. And we can kind of introduce some flashbacks here. So we're going to see brief flashbacks of Samus's home getting completely destroyed and obliterated. And you know, that famous scene in final fantasy seven, where Sephiroth comes out of the fire, we uh, are, we are going to replicate that, but with Ridley and Samus doesn't know what Ridley is. Cause she, let's say that she's five or six or seven when this happens, but she just knows that there is this ginormous monster that was responsible for the destruction of her homeworld. And um, Samus carries that weight on her. She somehow made it out alive and uh, also found a, a power suit somewhere on her planet. I don't know. We can get into the specifics of that later. Um, but she she's basically been haunted by this image of this ginormous monster that destroys that destroyed her her parents and her home and everything like that so she has trouble working with others and eventually leaves the galactic federation we don't have to spend a ton of time on this opening scene but it's just going to let us know like who samus is what she's about what where she came from etc etc and how she got so powerful so act two several years later samus is a bounty hunter with a special power suit and she gets a call from the commander and the commander has a job the commander says that her mission is to destroy the space pirates 
and their new weapon, codenamed Metroids, and that their base is located on the planet SR388. So I'm kind of fusing the first two games together here. Mm-hmm. So Act 3. Samus is on, or Samus lands on SR388 and learns of Mother Brain, the Space Pirates, and Ridley. She recognizes Ridley from her childhood and swears revenge. The commander is in constant contact with with Samus through her helmet so that Samus does have someone to talk to, does have someone to communicate with. Um, after Samus explores the planet, Samus confronts Ridley, seemingly killing him. We are also shown Chozo imagery everywhere on the planet. And we're going to kind of not really delve a whole lot into that in this movie. But I think that we want to plant some of those seeds for what's to come if this movie does good enough to get a sequel. Um, Act 4. So, Samus makes it to the interior of SR388, deep into the planet's core. It's very hostile, very scary. Battling Metroids and Space Pirates. Eventually, Samus comes face-to-face with Mother Brain, the leader of the Space Pirates, who takes on her Super Metroid form and battles Samus. Mother Brain has a captive Queen Metroid that uh, she's captured and using to produce more Metroids. Samus narrowly defeats Mother Brain when, at once it seems like Samus is toast, the Queen Metroid breaks out of captivity and destroys Mother Brain, but unfortunately destroys itself in the process as well. Act 5. Samus finds a lone remaining Metroid egg. And uh, an infant hatches out of it. And Samus cannot bring herself to destroy it. Against the wishes of the commander, Samus brings the Metroid back but runs into Ridley again. Ridley activates the self-destruct sequence. And after one last battle with the help of the baby Metroid, Ridley is defeated. And Samus escapes with the baby. That's my movie. Fairly basic. Fairly straightforward. But introduces stuff that we need to know about. It introduces Samus. Introduces the core conflict of Ridley and Samus. Introduces the baby Metroid, who I do feel like should play a part in the mythos of the, of the series. And uh, it's going to give us a, a showdown with Mother Brain too. who I would actually... Mother Brain is one and done in my Metroid universe. We can bring Ridley back, but maybe not Mother Brain. So yeah, I have a few actually, other things after, but uh, yeah. What do you think of that so far? Yeah, I think this is a pretty cool cool concept. It um it kind of reminds me a lot like how um how comic book films uh, have been made for the past 20 30 years where you know they're not these exact interpretations of like the the original pages but they're heavily influenced by them yeah. and they're adapted from those. And you know this is clearly an adaptation of not I don't I wouldn't say necessarily Zero Mission but it's the NES Metroid and then Samus returns the remake of Metroid 2 especially yes. with that Ridley fight at the end. And then you also have a little bit of super with that uh with that Mother Brain fight. Yeah. Um personally and I I know we've talked about this before, I would redesign Mother Brain because I am like the only person that's not a fan of the T-Rex design apparently, but um otherwise yeah. I I I actually don't disagree with that inherently. I think that you could do I think you have a real cool opportunity to make Mother Brain into kind of like anything you want. Like, um, yeah, I, I'm not opposed to that either because like it's a little bit hokey, a little bit. But uh, yeah, I think that that could be cool. I would even go so far as to say that maybe you could even redesign the Queen Metroid too to resemble more of like a Metroid. Because like when you get to a Queen, like that's a thing if you eliminate the middle evolutions as you kind of go from like, you know, Metroid to like what the hell is this thing? Um yeah, I, I would be in favor of that. 
Yeah, I actually never thought about that. That is true. Like, if you, yeah, if you take out the evolutions, like, for someone watching the movie the first time, they're going to be like, uh, how did that come yeah. from? Because, <laughs> like, if you, watch, if you watch Aliens, you look at the Queen Alien, you look at the regular Xenomorphs, it's like, oh, obviously, like, I can see the relationship, whereas, yes. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that would be, like, again, I, I know it's kind of like, I feel like I pitched kind of a safe metroid movie which i i think is kind well, of what think, you want to do to introduce well, yeah, metroid right like I, that's what i was gonna say like i feel like you need a safe yeah. Metroid movie because like i i look at and technically i haven't seen this before so maybe i don't know what i'm talking about but like i think of the warcraft movie and this was like a movie that was like very much dedicated from what i understand about heavy lore and fan references and it was very much pitched to that warcraft fandom Yes, but, I watched the Warcraft movie like six months ago, and it was it was a fine movie. But it, I also was just like, "Who is this guy? What is this stuff? Like, what?" So yeah, I that that is spot on. Yeah, yeah. And so I feel like you do need a safe movie that's like eases people into it and like doesn't like yeah. just shovel lore and lore and story just down your throat. Just like, hey, you know what? Here's some basic he- uh, hero's journey stuff. You've all seen movies with that before. Yeah, you're used to it. With some new characters, some slightly different twists, just gonna ease it on in. Pretty much, yeah. And I know that, I, like, I can hear some of our more hardcore audience—that's hardcore Metroid fans—being like, "This sounds boring." But like, I, like, I think, I guess, what I would say to that is like, think of the people that aren't Metroid fans yet, but but and would also, be. And also think about what it would look like on the screen because it's it's one thing to like read a pitch, and it's another thing to like see that yeah. pitch in motion as well. Totally, and you know. I feel like if you read the pitch for, like, the first couple of Sonic movies, they probably would have sounded boring. Like, what? oh, Sonic in the real world, and it's based off of, like, physical comedy. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I really like those. Sonic 2 in particular, I think, is unironically a very good movie. I, I, I thought I it love was Sonic really 1. well done. Yeah. And I don't like Sonic. Like, I have, I've never played a Sonic game I've liked. But I like that movie. I haven't seen 2 yet, but... Uh... Yeah, two, I, I thought agree two was a huge huge step up. Not a perfect movie, but I thought it was really well done. Dude, I would love love a cut of the first Sonic movie with like Monster Sonic, like the original, <laughs> the original dude that was supposed to be in that movie. That would be so uh, awesome. Meow. Yeah. <laughs> that would be that would go so hard if you could just see like that creepy little uh, meow guy doing his thing. Um so like in my mind too, I'm I'm kind of thinking like I'm like all right, so we we kind of we kind of stole the ending of Super Metroid. So like, how does the baby perhaps meet its end? And I, I kind of cooked up a, an idea for a sequel that's kind of like kind of a bit of Metroid Fusion, kind of a bit of Metroid Dread. Uh, maybe I'll pitch that one day um, if anybody wants to hear that. But uh, so I went ahead and I casted this movie and. Uh, I don't know. I I feel nervous because I feel like I'm not good at this. But uh, I have some people that are. I think I'm gonna pop you with at least one of my casting choices. Well, I, well, I know who's playing Samus because you wrote an article about it before, and I'm sure a lot of yeah. people were very delighted yeah. to uh, hear your. Uh, <laughs> well, I I think I think Brie Larson would be the absolute perfect live action Samus. Uh, I'm, I I'm sorry. Be, I think she'd be a great choice. I I know I know people don't like her. And I don't know why people don't. My wife doesn't like her, but she doesn't know why. Like, and I, I, I don't I know. Feel like, I feel like I feel she's like fine. I feel like that's most people. Like, people just, they hear, they either hear, like, 
rage clickbait YouTubers like the quartering or stuff like that, or they just hear from a friend that they that they don't like her and yeah. they just kind of go with it, like oh. And you know, I, I like listen. That's fair. Like I, I have people that I don't like for literally no reason. Like I hate Tom Holland. Oh, we we I, talked about this. I hate that creepy little dwarf, <laughs> and I have no reason to. I just don't like him. So I whatever. So, but I I would I think Brie Larson would be the perfect live action Samus. And since I don't think we're gonna get a live action Samus, guess what? Brie Larson is gonna be the voice of animated Samus. So you're spot on with that. Um, playing the commander. So this is kind of like the quasi Adam role. I think that you absolutely have to bring in the goat, Sigourney Weaver. I like it. I think, like, dude, if you're going to make a Metro movie, you have I never to have thought Sigourney of Weaver in this movie. I never thought of having a Sigourney Weaver cameo in a Metroid movie, but that's so perfect. Have, you have to, right? Like, you gotta. Like, she <laughs> is, she is, like, the original badass movie she's the original, action hero. She's the original Samus. She's, like, largely yeah. who Samus is based off of. Yeah, so, I mean, like, Sigourney Weaver, like... I, I feel like that would be perfect. So she is the commander in this movie. Um, oh God, I don't know if it's Regina or Regina. I think it's Regina. God, pretty uh, sure it's Regina. Regina King as Mother Brain. <laughs> you ever watch The Watchmen? I have not. I haven't seen that or the new HBO TV show. I need to get on that though. Uh, the yeah, the HBO one is is what I'm uh, talking about. Um, she is awesome in that actually i'm looking at i just quickly uh went and googled here and i'm looking at every movie of hers that i've seen her in uh, i'm talking like friday i'm talking the boondocks like she's pretty much awesome in everything she does so but watchmen was one thing i was thinking of in particular where like she was she plays a, like a hero in that movie but also i feel like she kind of has like a bit of menace behind her so i feel like you could like electronify her voice and like make her into a pretty pretty compelling villain I think I'm going to pop you with this next one. Are you ready for this? This is the Ridley one, isn't it? This is Ridley. <laughs> we have got, playing Ridley, Dave Batista. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> buddy. Dave Batista I, is awesome. And, um, I say that I, unironically. I, I love Dave Batista. No, no. Like, I love Dave Batista. He's a phenomenal I, guy. He seems, like, he seems like a cool guy in real life, even oh, outside dude, yeah. of like his wrestling and his acting. But like... He seems like yeah, such I mean, a cool he, guy, but like his voice is like very deep and menacing and like, I'm going to get you. Like, I think that would go, like, I think that'd be perfect for Ridley. So honestly, <laughs> actually honestly, I popped when myself thinking, when I cast a Dave Batista. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, when I'm thinking of like a voice for Ridley, I'm thinking of like the grave mind from the Halo series. That's like, that's like the voice that I imagined for Ridley. This very low, bassy, dark, gravelly voice. Right. Like, with maybe like higher octaves for the screams. Yeah, I w I wouldn't put any of that Godzilla business into this movie personally. Um, I don't know. I like. I don't think I don't think Ridley needs to have his like Godzilla scream that he has or whatever. I it might be kind of fun, but uh, I don't know. I mean, here's the thing: when I don't associate Dave Batista with Ridley, but I mean, like with the power of technology, I'm sure you could do wonderful things. I mean, look what they did with um. Uh, look what they did with um, Jack Black. Uh, well, no, I was thinking of uh, Dom Toretto um, and uh, and Groot. Like, <laughs> yeah, Tom Toretto. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess you know that would make sense too. Dave, Big Dave was in Guardians too, so he's kind of familiar mm -hmm. playing. Uh, I would actually imagine that 
Ridley's voice wouldn't even be that altogether different from like Drax's, just a little bit more menace behind it. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that's like a pretty scary voice. You know who I was looking for a role, and I couldn't find one that I thought that his voice would match. But I wanted to get Mads Mikkelsen in here somewhere. Maybe if if Adam, like if the real Adam Malkovich came in, Mads Mikkelsen would be a sick Adam. Mads Mikkelsen has such a nice voice. That dude is so awesome. Yeah, Mads is so he's so awesome. Uh, yeah, Mads Mikkelsen, Keith David, and like Patrick Warburton are like some of my favorite voices. Yeah, those guys are so sick. Um, so yeah, that's that's my Metroid movie. It's uh, you know, like I said, it's it's a easy introduction of people to Metroid. Is it gonna excite existing Metroid fans? I think it could, but you know, it's just. But that, I mean, that's kind of cool though because like. I feel like uh, those are, like, two different takes that we made, but, like, very different stylistically. Although we, we kind of both did have, like, showing a little bit of Samus' backstory in there, which I kind of like. Because, like, if you think about it, that's not really that big of a thing in the Metroid series proper. Like, they really don't well, show that. Well, that's why Well, that's why I originally... That's basically why I decided to turn the prologue into a short film, is just because I thought, you know what? This is... You know, the backstory itself isn't covered, but that specific portion of the backstory is, like only covered in the manga i think from what mm. i understand there isn't a single even smash brothers trophy that references that from my understanding and it's no. such an important and it's such an important part of the lore going into metroid one yeah, and samus's um, character as a whole you know what actually i i do want to say that I, I, I it might be melee but somebody does reference that ridley destroyed the colony on k2l where samus's parents were so that is in Smash well, I somewhere? Talking, I was talking about Zebus, not K2L. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then, yeah, then you're totally right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's weirdly omitted from the Metroid series. And uh, I think it's And right. then it's also, it's also hinted at in Other M with that really bad um, cutscene yeah. as well. But yeah. <laughs> the one we don't talk about. Except for the episodes where we do talk about it. Yeah. Man, I want to play that Other M game that we cooked up. That, that would be good. That, that um, would definitely make for another good drinking stream. <laughs> Do you uh do you want to hear my Zelda cast just to just for giggles? Sure, why not? Let's. I was uh, let's so nervous. It. I was so nervous about that. I feel like I sounded like such a big fool when I was trying to throw people out there. But uh, here we go. As uh, as the great Deku Tree, I had Brian Cranston, gravelly okay. voice. I could I okay could get behind that. I can I can see that. Yeah. As Impa, Viola Davis, who is from uh, How to Get Away with Murder. She's just kind of yeah, a badass. Yeah. So, I love Viola Davis. She's a phenomenal actress. Yeah, she's awesome. I, she plays um, Amanda Waller in the Suicide Squad, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, she, like, that's what I mean. I'm, I'm looking for kind of that kind of energy where it's like, you cross me, uh-uh. Um, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with this name or not. I wasn't really at all. I had to look it up. But uh, I from the trailer, I was like, this person could work. Um, Zazie Beats as Navi. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, I love Zazzy Beats. Uh, she's a, a, a Domino in a Deadpool 2. Right, yeah. So, uh, I was... You can listen to my Zelda movie pitch on the Zelda cast, but I was I was thinking that, like, Navi would be your main comedic relief in that movie, and, like, I was like, okay, well, she was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I can totally see that. This would never, ever happen, but, dude, if it did, I would my head would explode, because, like, I think I've watched every movie that this guy's, like, ever made, like, almost ever... But as Ganondorf, Denzel Washington, wouldn't that be <laughs> awesome? 
I was not expecting it, but I dig it. Can you imagine Denzel signing on to do something like that? Like, Denzel would never be in, like, that yeah. kind of movie or, like, a superhero movie. Or... I mean, we say that, but Robert Redford appeared in a Winter Soldier, and that's, yeah, like... that's true. That's a casting choice I never would have ever expected, so... Oh. I don't know. Can you imagine? That'd be so... That'd be so awesome if Denzel showed up. It's just, like, that would... Oh, that'd be awesome. I seriously... I, I used to rent movies with my dad, and we would rent... Like, we rented, like, every Jackie Chan movie, every Denzel Washington movie. He's probably my favorite actor, actually. Um, yeah, Denzel's awesome. That's a, that's a fair choice. I mean, he's, he's won he's numerous so Academy good. Awards yeah. for a reason. He's, like, he's awesome. Um, all right, so I, I didn't know who the hell to cast as Zelda and Link, so I kind of cheated. I was about to say, say like, we're, we're, we haven't gone to the main, uh, the main, app, the main yeah. course yet. <laughs> I think I kind of cheated with Zelda. Because I was like, I couldn't think of anyone. And I was like, all right, I love this movie. She was good in this movie. She'd probably be good in Zelda. Seems like the type of person they'd cast. You probably know what I'm talking about. Um, I casted Haley Steinfeld as Zelda, who is Spider-Gwen in Into the Spider-Verse. And I was like, she did a great job in that. I think she'd do a great job as Zelda. So uh, I don't know. I like her in Spider-Verse. I don't like her in Hawkeye. <laughs> I... But to be fair, I think that's... I don't think it's her fault, though. I think that's just... The show is written poorly, I think. I cannot say that I've seen Hawkeye, but, yeah, it, it, looked, it looked terrible. Um, so I was kind of going back. I had two people for Link, and I I thought one was too young, and I thought one was too old. And I still don't know which one I'd rather do. But I think I'm going to go with the older one as Link. So I casted Kit Harrington as Link. Because he kind of sounds like Link. The, kinda... game, the Game of Thrones. Uh... <laughs> Jon Snow. Yeah. 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 I thought he'd be good. He. I don't know if he's too old, but uh, I guess it doesn't matter if it's an animated movie, though, right? Like, um, yeah. My other suggestion originally was Finn Wolfhard, who, aka Mike from Stranger Things. Might be I a bit too Stranger young. I Stranger Things, so. Really? I don't have Netflix. Damn. Okay. I can't wait till. I'm going to buy it for you on DVD or something. Stranger Things is awesome. I want to get Netflix. There's so much cool shows that like I'm so far behind on. Like I need I need to watch Stranger Things, Breaking Bad, um um a bunch of other stuff. Squid Games that came out a year yeah. or two ago that I want to see. Breaking Bad either. Oh my god, my wife and I, I know. Like, we're rewatching Breaking Bad right now actually. Better, better call Saul just ended. I need to oh. get that uh <laughs> Yeah. Oh, buddy. Come on. Maybe I'll slip you my... I don't, I don't know. Can you slip Netflix passwords anymore? I'm not sure. I don't think they've cracked down on that yet. You know, I, I know they've I don't, talked about it. I don't think that we could anyway, since my Netflix is different from yours. Of yeah, the, yeah. You know. Canada Flix. That's right. Um, but yeah, so uh, Metroid movie. I don't know. Like the, uh, I don't know. I think Metroid would be lower on the list of franchises. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like I feel like it would be Mario, Zelda, and Splatoon. Absolutely. Those would get um films first. Probably probably Kirby, Kirby. as well, just again, because of how how massive it is in um uh, East Asian territories, especially Japan. I just I um, hate that little bastard. I feel I don't know if Pikmin would get a movie, but I feel like no, it would get like no maybe way. I feel like it might get an animated TV show though, because if you remember like there was so. those sh- there was those shorts that happened before Pikmin three. Uh, you know, I, I feel you like... know what would get a movie is Fire Emblem for sure. Yeah, I I could see that. Yeah. Um, you know, but 
I mean, that kind of being said, I agree with you. I think it's low on the list. I think, like, Zelda seems like the next obvious one to me. I think Splatoon probably seems like a pretty good one. Although Splatoon and Animal Crossing and stuff are huge, but then you have, like, no kind of real basis for a story. I guess you kind of do in Splatoon. I disagree. Splatoon, Splatoon is riddled with lore. I mean, if you really start digging in, that game has deep lore. There's a lot you could do with Splatoon, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I, yeah I, I take that one back. I guess I'm thinking... I've actually watched the Animal Crossing movie. They're, they made one about ten years ago. Um, and that was actually... It was fine. It was pretty good. So I could see them kind of revisiting that. But, like, I think at least the thing that Metroid has going for it is that it's different than everything else, right? Like, I think that it's, like, different enough to maybe warrant doing. Um, but I, I, I don't know... I think the problem with the movie that I pitched is, like, I think that, and this is probably going to be the reality as well, is, like, if Nintendo gets successful with its film studio and starts making Mario and Zelda and Splatoon and stuff like that, I think you're going to run into the same problem where, like, Metroid is different and doesn't kind of, like, those movies seem like they might attract that same kind of Pixar crowd or whatever, right? Like, it's kind of for kids, kind of for adults, but, like, easy, like, really for everybody, and I don't know. I, I don't know if maybe they could do that with Metroid. And, and I think maybe they have to sacrifice like the dark moodiness of Metroid for that. I think I'd make that sacrifice to get it to a larger I feel audience. Like it's, I feel like it's kind of the same conundrum the the actual game series run. Yeah, into yeah, kind Nintendo, of. Where, where, you know, Nintendo as a brand appeals to, I'd say, a very diverse audience, but still like a very specific crowd within that audience. And Metroid doesn't tap into the majority of that crowd that it's appealing to yeah like i don't know like it, yeah so nintendo obviously appeals to like it's a it's like a family audience but like i i, I guess like i don't see a reason why metroid can't be something that a family can enjoy like if, if we can watch uh star wars like surely we can yeah. watch metroid right like i agree i agree so, and i don't know we'll see I, I don't think it's impossible. I don't think it's impossible that they make a Metroid movie. I would be probably more excited I mean, they, for Metroid than I mean, Zelda movie, they actually. Tried. They tried. There was that uh, canceled John Woo movie yeah. that was um, in pre-production like 20 years ago, I think. So, I mean, they've... It's not unprecedented for them to at least attempt it. Well, see, but that... Even, even that, though, is a little bit different because... Um, like I was talking about earlier, like that, that is a case where like Nintendo licenses out their IP and don't really have control over it. And now they do. So they have control and they have the final say and stuff like that. So it, it actually is like a pretty exciting time for, you know, these video game adaptations, um, coming to the screen. So, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, there was, there was a time where like, not too long ago, even where like video game movies were considered like the bottom of the barrel. Like, Man. like, yeah, you, like, yeah, you might enjoy them, but it's like kind of from a, like a nostalgia point of view or so bad it's good like like mortal kombat everyone loves mortal kombat but it's 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 not like this cinematic masterpiece you know what i mean sure yeah this, but since, now, but since now you have virtual stuff. theater like the the video game movie genre has like quinzupled mm. that's not even a word but it seems like every day they're making or announcing new video game movie stuff and it's like holy cow well, well, even like, a, well, even like, apart from that though, like you have like genuinely like really good stuff out there. Like, um, you know, I do not care about League of Legends at all. Arcane is a phenomenal yeah, show. That I is something it was great. my my friend showed me that since obviously I don't have Netflix. But yeah, it's it's so good. It's emotional. Like the performances are incredible. Uh, the visual style is wonderful. Um, I heard the new Cyberpunk show is supposed to be really good. Mm -hmm, yeah. Um, 
Uh, the Last of Us trailer that dropped a couple weeks ago looks so good. I'm so excited for that, especially because it's from the same showrunner that did a that did Chernobyl, which I absolutely loved. Um, the Sonic movies I really enjoyed. Castlevania, I've only seen the first season of that, but oh, that was so man, good. Castlevania is awesome. It's it's yeah. So I mean, we're in a pretty good spot with video game movies. Yeah. I think that I don't think it's impossible. I think that. There probably will be like some concessions that would need to be made to make a Metroid movie feasible and viable and stuff. Stuff like, you know, stuff like having the commander in Samus' ears or like maybe a little bit more of a brighter environment or something like that. But you know, I, whatever, I'll, I'll take that. Um, so yeah, let us know. Uh, let us know. Let us know what your like ideal Metroid movie is and what your like kind of realistic this could happen in the next couple years Metroid movie idea would be i would i'd love to know this and let us know what you think about uh about our casting choices big dave as big ridley <laughs> i love that i love that oh man well, our casting choices it's yours i didn't do any casting on my end so uh i wait i was uh, i was nervous especially when i was reading off the zelda ones i was like is allison gonna laugh at me like am i do i sound like an idiot here and i think i did but i i felt okay anyways it was fine um so yeah let us know. Uh, Doom, it was good to talk to you again. I feel like it's been forever. Yeah, I mean, between, you know, between the breaks and between the uh, Orpheon episode, you know, um, our schedules didn't align at all last week, and so we Ooh. had to... We, we had to like, I, I was, like, mega jet-lagged last week still, too. Uh, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, um, it feels good to be back in the saddle. Hell yeah. Uh, so, yeah, next week, we've got the, the one-year Metroid Dread uh, anniversary retrospective. Uh, we've got uh, the definitive ranking of Metroid Prime coming up to, to honor 20 years of Metroid Prime. Uh, we've got tons of good stuff coming down the pipe. Uh, we've even added some new members to our Omega Metroid team, which, by the way, if you're interested in volunteering with the website, head over to the website and uh, come join our awesome community. So lots of cool stuff to uh, you know to look forward to. Um, but that, my friends, is going to do it for now. We are going to get out of here. Uh, we want you to check us out over on Twitter at... Omega Metroid Pod. I am at Spateri316. Doom is at Doominal Cross. And of course, check out OmegaMetroid.com for uh, all your Metroid needs maps, guides, boss strategies, news. You got it. It's all there. Um, and also check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Like, subscribe. You know the drill. Recommend us to that Z- Metroid. Oh, I almost slipped up and said Zelda fan. <laughs> to that Metroid fan in your life. You can recommend us to a Zelda fan too. I don't know. We can make new fans. I've done a lot of that at Zelda Dungeon, as a matter of fact. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Until next week, everybody, take care.